We had this third wheel with us. Even back then, we had this little TV in the car. And he'd find a place, and he'd watch the activity going on by the payphone, see if he could see a hand-to-hand, -hand, you know, drug transaction. And he'd sit there between us with the binoculars. <laughs> We're watching Monday Night Football right now. And then as soon as he said, okay, 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 I see them. Are you sure? Yeah, where, okay, like... <laughs> Where is he, man? We drive down the hill. Woo, 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 woo. Let him get out. Take care of business. All right. So Jack is still watching the game in the car. Who's winning? All right. Good, good, good. Uh, you done? Come on. Throw him in the van. Let's get out of here. Just drop him off at the precinct so we can make his collar. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another episode of Off the Cuff. I'm your host. My name is Mark DeMeo. My, uh, my partner in law enforcement here, Bill Cannon. Yo, what's, up, Bill? what's going on? What's going on? It's a crispy day, January 21st, uh, up here in Ossining, New York. What is it? It's, I think it's like 10 degrees outside. With that wind, it feels like coming off the Hudson River, like you're going to die. Yeah, know? what's the coldest day you ever had to work on patrol? <sighs> Probably in the zeros, yeah. or below zero, yeah. For post? Yeah. Horrible, man. You always look for a, like a city bank. Can hang out in the ATM and get you some. You know what heat. they say, right? A good cop never gets cold, hungry, or wet. I thought it was horny. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, there you go. Cold, hot. <laughs> and he could horny take. I said cold. What was it? What did you say? Cold, hot, horny, and no, I said cold, hungry, or wet. Cold, hungry, or wet, or horny. They yeah, said yeah, you could yeah, take yeah. care of all four of those things on your tour of duty. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that was that was. Uh, yeah, you got to get it all in. That the is old, some banking. The old cops taught us that. Right? Yeah, you know, all, you know, it's funny. The old cops though, they were all. Fat and out of shape. They smoked two packs of cigarettes, and they were all big drinkers, right? They would retire and die two years later. Mahoney used to get two packs of cigarettes on the arm on Roosevelt Avenue. <laughs> I mean, imagine that right now. You'd be hitting the, the guy up for 30 bucks. Is that just a generic name, Mahoney? That's, that's not a real person, right? We don't want to out the real Mahoney. All right. You want to start again? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I doubt he's alive. Uh, he probably died from smoking all those cigarettes. <laughs> two, two packs. Two packs. And he hit, he, he hit up the poor bodega owner. It, was it wasn't always, always the same it was, one. It was OTA, it was, right? I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a secret cop uh, acronym, OTA, right? I don't even right? know what that means. It means on the arm. I have no idea what that means. You never heard that? On the arm means it's... Oh, I know what it means, but the, 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 the kids now. Oh, OTA, no. no. On, on the arm means on it's for arm. free. Yeah. It was in... Um, it was in a movie, Al Pacino. What was that? Scent um, oh, of a Woman? No. A freaking cop movie. When Serpico. He's, Serpico. Oh, yeah. Remember when they go to the restaurant? That's right. And he's telling him to have the roast beef, but he wants the tuna fish, I think it was. No, no. He wanted the beef, but he wanted the real lean beef, and they were going to give him the fatty beef, and he didn't like that. Is that it? And he's like, I'll pay for it. And they go, no, no, no guy, no, you no, can't you do understand. that. You yeah, can't you don't do understand. that. You got to take it OTA. Yeah. Honey, um. <laughs> and then it's like when they say, is it good? Oh, it's that place cops, good. Two cops back in the day used to talk about, it. how's that place? Is it good? He's not asking you the foods is any good. It means is it for free? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they would they would say something like, yeah, it's 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 all right, half and half, or forget it, full boat, full boat, man, stay away from that place. Full boat as they get summonses written on the on the <laughs> delivery service. <laughs> so we're here, man. We're here. We have um, a brand new year. We started off the year horribly, uh, as far as. Um, Law enforcement uh, getting killed. We had two female officers, rookies, and they got killed um, to start off 2019. Horrible. Wait, let me just make sure. Was it? 
This is a... There's been eight people killed so far in January 2019. Yeah, man. It's just horrible. And it's... I don't know why, but it, somehow it affects me more. I mean, I, it always affects me when a uh, member of the service gets killed. But now you're seeing a lot of female officers get killed. And it just goes to show you... Um, you know, just like military, it's something you got to get used to. I mean, when we grew up, how many how many females were? Not, there, there not that, yeah, not that many. Not it that was many. like I don't know, twenty five percent of the job. That was it. Yeah, but you know, you're more apt to um, run into a, a deadly physical force scenario in your first five to ten years on the job because you're on patrol, you're in uniform, you work in the most dangerous areas, and. Uh, you're not as prepared for it as you might be if you're a more veteran officer. Well, this one girl, the Corona, she got ambushed. She showed up at a, a three-car accident, and then some kid on a bike drove by and started sh uh, firing. And he shot at the fireman, too. I think maybe at the EMS. So this was, um, this was an ambush. Which that's a, a nutcase, right? I'm probably reading an old article, uh, or older article, um, but that, that's, in, that's insane, man. What's going around all, all over this country. And a lot of, you know, when I get on the job, people used to say stuff to me like, uh, you know, Ugh, I, don't, I don't know how you, how you do it. You know, like we're retired guys. And right. we had, looking back, we were dealing with nothing. People, at least they moved. You told somebody to take a walk, they took a walk. You know? There was respect. Nowadays, no respect, if, you, you can't tell anybody to leave. No. They start quoting the Constitution to you, which they don't even know the first thing about, you know? <laughs> I thought I love did you yeah, ever see that there was a uh, a guy who was pulled over and the officer was in another state the officer was asking him for his uh, license registration insurance card yeah I know and the guy was like saying I know my rights I don't have to give it to you I'm demanding you call your sergeant to the scene and the cop was very professionally says I'm gonna ask you one more time give me a license registration insurance card and the guy refused, and he was the most obnoxious human I think I've ever heard. He asked him a third time. He goes, if you don't give it to me now, I'm breaking your window, and I'm pulling you out of the car. On the other side of the car was a canine. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. on his side, it was they broke both windows. The mm -hmm. dog went in and, like, you know, played a Lion King Gra on yeah, him. Yeah, grab, grabbed <laughs> his arm. And they grabbed the guy out of the car. And, and You know what? I don't think there are words to express how happy those videos make me. Oh, I love that one. And I'm a writer, and I don't think I could really totally capture exactly the the happiness the that comes out of my heart <laughs> the joy. when I see some guy who refused a, a lawful order getting bit by a dog. It's just, oh! <laughs> it's like love is flying out. I get, it's it's just a it's a beautiful feeling, man. Man, I love those dogs. And the fact they settle the score more than anything, you know what I'm saying? Uh, the the um, the tasing is fun too. The ta but you're kind of sort of in control of that. The idea that the person who's lying and screaming in pain, you know, it finally dawned on him. Well, okay, <laughs> I fucked up. I should have <laughs> probably did. And it's a dog. Even the, the officers doesn't have complete control of the dog. You're basically begging the dog to let go of you. Did you see the recent video of a guy in England who pulls out a machete on the, in the subway? No, I didn't and see And you got to realize uh, English cops don't have guns. But they, Bobbies. Yeah, but they all had tasers. And they tasered this guy. And, and this they're guy also, went down they're also like very a polite. Pin. Oh, yeah. I've watched it so many because I was working on a bit about the Bobbies. And the reason, like, can you imagine patrolling in New York City without a firearm? No. No, right? 
So I was fascinated by the Bobby. So I started going on YouTube and looking up all these videos. And the one thing that they all have in common is they're very polite. You know what I'm saying? And there's this one video. The guy is um, uh, hitting somebody with a crowbar. And you can hear the Bobby coming in the, in the, the, with the siren. <laughs> and then the guy gets out of the car and he says, uh, uh, pardon me, sir. It would be so nice if you stop hitting him. <laughs> By golly gee, you, you are correct. And he stops hitting him. Those aren't the exact words. It was probably worse than that. That's but crazy. It's insane. It's insane how much... You know, uh, just talking to people like people will make such a huge difference. It's such a huge, huge difference. Like, I look back about my 20 years. I, I never had to, like, hit somebody, really. Or I mean, one time I grabbed this guy out of the bed. You know what I'm saying? And I put him up. I made sure he got dressed. Um, but there, was, there wasn't that many physical altercations. There wasn't that many uh, situations where I had to uh, draw my weapon. And a lot of it had to just be, uh, gift the gap. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Listen, pal, uh, I know, listen, I know you got your side. I'm dying to hear it. But right now you got to go. I'm going to take you in. You know, then you give him the whole thing. We could do this a nice way or a right. hard way. But also the tone, the way that you talk to him. You know, you start, uh, like I watched this thing the other day. And, um, you know, when people lose, uh, what do they call it? Getting hooked. Hooking the child. That's what it's called. Yeah. and that's Hooking how you, my child. In the. Um, it's like when you respond the way a child does. Yeah, yeah, but that's how you describe it in um, when you when you when you were professing. No, no, that's I met. I remember what going through the police academy. We oh. took uh, what was called social science, and they used to say when you respond with anger right away, yeah. that's the way a child responds. It it happens to everybody. I would imagine at least once. It happened to me once. I was a, a young, probably a rookie. We were going through Astoria Park driving, and there was a headlight out on another car, and my partner that I was with. He was looking to write a summons. So I go, look, right there, there's a headlight out. And that was an easy one to give because, you know, you just give them the sheet or you tell them to get the sheet, go to the precinct, fill it out, you mail that sheet in, that you fix the headlight. In 24 hours. You know they don't do that anymore? I know. It's stupid. They should. Yeah. Uh, The most important thing is to get the headlight out. Get it fixed. Not to give somebody to to collect money from them. But back then it was an easy one. So when... um, when, we, when I looked over there and I pointed to him, the guy who was in the back seat of the car that was driving past us with the headlight out gave us the finger. So I was like, this motherfucker. <laughs> so when we pulled him over, I didn't go up to the driver. I went right to the back window and I started getting into it with this guy. What the fuck is your problem? This, that, and the other. And then at some point we got to, all right, I'll meet you right here. I get off of work at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'll be here at 2 o'clock in the morning waiting for you. <laughs> all right? And I'm going to be a civilian. I want to see your face here. You hear me? Of course I didn't show up. Five minutes later, I, I realized how stupid the whole thing was. <laughs> but I didn't even give that girl a summons. And in hindsight, the smart thing to do was to get her license, give her the one for, uh, for, one for everything. She's going to get the, you know, the bonus plan. What is the, the old the, line? The, the pen is more powerful than the sword? And then when you hand it to him, you could, you, you could say you could th- thank your friend in the back. And that's how you finish that. Right, or you can just right. keep it to yourself. Nowadays, it wouldn't be a good idea to say, um, you know, you could thank your friend in the back just because no, they'll record it and then they'll use that against that, you. Yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, you just have a, have a nice evening, man. But you keep it inside your hell, uh, inside your heart, and your heart starts pumping, and all the joy starts coming out again. Not as much as um, 
the joy comes out when you watch somebody getting bitten by a dog. <laughs> but when you get to serve somebody a little bit of justice, you know what I'm saying? Well, you know, there, Educate them. There's something called the ladder of, of uh, force, which is like the levels of force. And, of course, the first level of force, and it's not really force, is how you use your voice. Mm-hmm. You know, and you might say to someone, all right, stop, don't move, let me see your hands. All right. And it's how you say that, whether or not they're going to comply. I mean, if you say, stop, uh, let me see your hand, that, that's too gentle. Yeah. You know what I mean? And someone's not going to respect that. But if you say, stop, let me see your hands and don't move. And they could tell by the way you say that, that you've said that a, a few also. times before that. And you know, and the, when it gets to the next level, you know how and you're perfectly willing to go to the next level if need be. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's also, there's a... There's a thing about being, you have to be in control of the situation. They say there was a study done and uh, most of the cops that get killed in the line of duty are usually the nice ones. Community policing type officers. They're the ones That's that are, exactly what it said. Uh, getting along and, and, and yep. getting involved in bullshit conversation. You know, you're involved in a police action right now. You know what I'm saying? Yep. You have to be, especially if you're doing by yourself. The way a lot of these highway cops and cops in other states work by themselves. You can't be Mr. Nice Guy. No. That's why they're not. That's why they're by the book, everything. The study they used, they called it the warrior versus the civil servant mentality, mm-hmm. which was the person that's just trying to get through his tour of duty, trying to take the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And when he encounters something that may be dangerous, is trying to get it out of it by being a nice guy. And that's that's how you get killed. You that's know? interesting. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So... You know, it sounds like me. The la- no, but the ladder, the ladder of force. You know, the first part anyway. Whenever I had to take action, I always made sure that I was on point. That's why I'm here. But well, you know what I wanted to tell you was uh, when we started about that, um, the hooked. The reason why the story that I, uh, the the video that I saw was in Washington Heights. When they get into it, there was a, a group of guys sitting on the stairwell in the subway or leading down to the subway. I guess whistling at girls, and they got a couple of complaints. Some cops went over there. They managed to get them, I think, out of that stairwell, or even if they were just ha- uh, hanging out by where the people go down the subway. Mm-hmm. They were they were harassing people, and then it was a melee, a full out fight in the street between. Uh, it looked like initially two cops, and probably three or four of these uh, young guys. Right. And uh, when you watched that video, um. There's a moment there where you're thinking, you know what, this guy could be getting hooked. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of words exchanged, um, and you talk about being a nice guy, whatever. That time, that at that point, you could play nice. You know, you can go over the radio and just don't worry about it, guys. It just it's it's fine. It's fine. whatever you guys want to do. Central 85, me. Uh, I need an 85 over here, and then when everybody shows up, you right, know what I'm saying? Right, right. We got them outnumbered. So this way, there's not a melee in the street. With four or five guys swinging, one guy falls. You finally get your hands on one guy. Now he looks like he's getting pummeled. So much bullshit going on with these videos nowadays. The Covington thing, you know, with the with the elder. Right, right. You watch right. the segment of the of the of the um, the initial footage that was put out by all all these leftist uh, um, media outlets. It's just this guy yelling in this kid's hat wearing a MAGA hat. And, you know, the guy's making like a face, like he's almost like laughing at him. Right. You don't realize it's like a nervous laughter because if you take watch the whole video and you go back, this guy goes right into their group and he's yelling at them in their face. What are you supposed to do? You're a kid right now. There's an old man yelling at you. It's a nervous laugh. Plus, it's being recorded. 
I never the whole saw, thing is bullshit. I never saw the media show the Antifa people agitating and using violence against people and then and, and the video becoming viral. You know what it's I'm absurd. talking about? This fucking world when they went, is they absurd went, right now. They were burning cars. They were breaking windows with the masks on. And that was during the prior administration. And it was, the whole philosophy was let them vent, let them do what they want to do. You well, know? you know what it is? A lot of this is, is capturing all, this, all these recordings where people looked unhinged and using it against yourself at the time, against them at the time of election. Like, for example, Trump used one of those, um, those videos, and it was panned by, by the Democrats uh, when they were unhinged. But those videos are going to become very powerful come the, new, uh, the presidential election. They're going to be very powerful because we already seen one. We probably might see one or two more. So it's going to become uh, an average, a new entry into, um, you know, the, the promotion that they do right. for, for their candidacy. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? The ads that they put out. It's going to become commonplace until they, they become desensitized. But there's going to be that moment in time there where they're going to be effective. And that's, that's what they're working at. So as far as they want, they want um, AOC to keep opening her mouth so they can, they can keep getting these sound bites. You know what I'm saying? They want people to keep acting up. And they actually probably, in a way, send out agitators or put, create situations where we can see them unhinged. Um, like, for example, there's a guy that goes into... Um, uh, a hunting was it a hunting store? Some store. And he's got a he's got the Trump hat on and he's got the Trump shirt on. I mean, like this whole thing was like it, it had to be set up. Right. Somebody that worked there had to be like you know they talk and they bullshit and be like, yo, you should fuck with this guy, man. <laughs> this guy's on edge. So he goes in there. He's got the Trump. Who does that? Who's walking around? I don't know. Maybe in New York City you can't wear a Trump hat. He's got the Trump hat on. That is, the, the shirt couldn't say Trump any bigger. Like there was like block letters from his shoulder to the to the pants, right. you know, to his belt. Trump T R. So of course the guy go. He goes in there, and as soon as the guy starts freaking out. He starts recording them. So what do we got? We got another person unhinged. They use these tactics yeah, back no, and forth. No doubt. But as far as this cop getting hooked in, 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 in Washington Heights, um, you know, I don't want to money. But, you know, the police that. commissioner actually backed them up for a change because they had to use physical force. Well, they, they were outnumbered. Yeah. But uh, de Blasio, you know, uh, Marx, Lenin, de Blasio um, said he was disturbed by what he saw. A guy should just go inside Gracie Mansion, smoke a blunt, and shut up. You know. Yeah, well, I. It, it, they're, they're always disturbing. Uh, which part disturbed you? Was it the part that the cops were getting uh, were outnumbered and people were t right? That two didn't, of them getting no, that swung didn't disturb me. He was disturbed by the fact that the perps got punched. That was disturbing to him. I don't know, man. We're living in, a, in an odd time, and like as an old timer looking at these young guys. I, I, I don't know how you do it, man. I really, really don't know how you do it. It's, you, you, it's, um, you know what I wanted to ask? Like, I go into the city, of course, for comedy and to auditions. And I pay for my, um, of course, I pay for my Metro card. Seems like a hell of a lot of people aren't paying at all these days to get on the subway. What is that going to do to the subway, like to the MTA? What is that going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I do don't you know. notice that too? You we, use the subway, right? It's an interesting right? thing to look up into how many arrests they're making right they're now. They're not. Right? They're not making you because the cops are like, wait a minute. It's not a crime anymore. It's not theft of service. It's not a misdemeanor theft of service. It's a uh, civil matter. So the cops are like, 
I'm not, and you, it's not, you know what, obviously, you know what search incidental to lawful arrest is. There's no lawful arrest because it's not a crime. So now they can't search the guy who jumps mm-hmm. the turnstile. So the guns you used to recover off the turnstile jumpers, you're not allowed to search them anymore because it's not a search, you don't have search incidental to lawful arrest. Well, this is the, this is the extreme. the world we live in. Everything always goes to extremes. You know, you'll, you'll push as far as you can. We're legalizing. I mean, first of all, as far as I'm concerned, marijuana should be legalized. So oh, this it's, idea it's that be. you decriminalize it here, um, it just puts cops in an awkward situation. You got people that complain, oh, there's smoking pot outside in front of my house. Sorry, we can't do nothing. What do you mean you can't do nothing? I got kids. It's a different world, pal. You can't tell that to somebody. Do you re- have to respond there now? And what do you tell the person that you're responding to? Think or tell gonna, the person that's smoking, hey, would you mind not smoking in front of this house? think they're going to let cops smoke weed if it's legal? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if it's like marijuana, you have to. I was always curious about, let's say I go on vacation, all right, and I'm going to California, and I smoke pot over there. It's legal over there. I'm an adult. I can have a drink over there. Yeah, but so if, if that, I come back home and I get tested. If as a condition of your employment they say you have to be drug-free, doesn't matter where you do it, they're going to say, you know. Is that what it says? I don't know what it says. I wonder what's going to happen in the future. You know, it used to be, of course, marijuana was totally off limits. And if you tested positive, you got fired. You know, speaking of drugs, when um, when I was still on the job, we, was, we were testing for um, narcotics and also for steroids. And there was a moment in time there where... Um, steroids was a big deal. It was, um, there was all these, uh, I guess the pharmaceutical companies were scared because there was a lot of these offices that were, um, these so-called doctor's offices where they were giving you a shot of testosterone, maybe a shot of growth hormone. And, um, you know, it was like almost like a prescription that you'd get for buying marijuana in California before it was completely legalized. Oh yeah, your testosterone's low. There's no way to really check um, where your testosterone, unless you have zero testosterone level, um, there's no really, your, everybody's body chemistry is different. Right. So, of course, your testosterone is going to be, and all these little clinics were opening up. A lot of them were chiropractors who were now shooting you up with, um, and a lot of um, higher up in the police departments, in our police departments, were getting caught. I think there was a chief and a captain who were, were going to these um these clinics, maybe one was in Staten Island. They were bodybuilders. Right, right. They were bodybuilders that figured out a way to get steroids and do steroids legally. Um, and um, so they started testing us first. And then all of a sudden, nobody got caught. I think they were just testing it and compiling the uh, the data and realizing that the, the numbers outweigh the benefit of this. What are we going to do? We have... Uh, Let's say, let's just say you test because also it's shady. Some of the drinks have components. Like, what level of steroid testing are we going to do? Are we going to do Olympic style drug right. testing where you can take, find out that somebody has a tenth of a of a, a microscopic molecule left of some drug that they did six months ago, or, 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 or NFL style where they catch two guys a year? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> they're really trying to catch them, you know. Yeah, but they're, for HGA human growth hormones, so probably every single NFL player. You never takes heard that. of one person. I don't know whether they still no, do but the chief test. that chief came up dirty and they didn't fire him. No, because also too, there's once again there's that cloudy area there where we're not a hundred percent sure. You always got to think about lawsuits too. Okay, let's just say one of these cops fights it. Now legally 
Well, what do we have? We're going to get it go into court and, you know, where are we with this testing? So um, it was a deterrence for people not to use. We're testing for steroids. Right. And then you realize, oh, you're not going to get in trouble for using them or we're not going to punish you for you. But just so you know, we're, we're testing. But meanwhile, people could be taking some of those protein powders that have God knows That's what the thing. in it. Everybody and, and their mother was going to say, I got like, it from GNC. Right, like and how, how are you going to dictate? You're, you're not a professional right, athlete. You're, a <laughs> you're not a professional athlete. How can I tell you not to get something from GNC? It's a local, it's a legit place. I used to go to this place downtown, uh, uh, and it was a bodybuilding place. And, you know, you could get really good food there. And then uh, they, they had regular supplements. And wherever the cash register was, you used to tell the guy, well, what's the good stuff? And wherever he was, where that cash, whatever was behind him, that was the good stuff. And a lot of this stuff was basically steroids that they were selling legally through these uh, places because the FDA doesn't monitor it. Right. And whenever they stepped in and they uh, they caught them, which was every couple of years, they'd pull a couple of these products off, test them, they test positive for steroids. Then it would uh, tell them they can't sell it anymore, and they would just change the name of it. So no, the, the new gorilla something was now <laughs> dinosaur something. I love the the gorilla gorilla powder. You know well, that was the name of one of them. I remember yeah. gorilla something, and then they changed to another one. Lots of like the police department when a, when something happens bad to one unit, they just change the name of it. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, if it's an effective unit, what are you going to do? TNT is now Special Operations Drug Task Force. You know. Remember the TNT units, yeah, tactical yeah, yeah. narcotics teams? Yeah, well, it was uh, it was the Queen's Tactical Force, and it became the Queen's Task Force. Right. It was all just big guys. They just changed the names. Big yeah. guys, crowd movers. I yeah. like to move the crowd. No, that used to be move called it, move it. That used to be called TPF, Tactical Patrol yeah, Force. Yeah, Tactical Patrol. That yeah. was way before your time and my time. Well, I, w- I went into the Queen's. I was in the Queen's yeah. Task Force, the Queen's Marines. Because I think in 1969, most of the class that came on the police department that year were all Vietnam veterans. Uh-huh. And they say that was like the craziest class of cops ever on the NYPD. Yeah. Because they had all, a huge amount of those guys had been to Vietnam. Uh-huh. And they had that thousand-yard stare before they even went into the police <laughs> academy. You know? And that that must have been great. You know, that was back in the day when New York City was really New York City. And then they too. went on strike in 77, right? Well, they, they laid guys off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they laid they guys laid off. Guys well, off. we were talking about uh, striking and how cops can't strike because, you know, these federal workers... Uh, the Taylor law. On strike, yeah. not on strike, being furloughed. Meanwhile, if you want to settle this, you could have settled this in two days. Don't don't lay, don't lay furlough the, uh, the federal workers. Well, they're just, they're just not paying them. It's just not being Congress. furloughed. They're, they're expected to go to work for just no pay. Just do it for Congress. Tell them, listen, you're not going to get paid. I would until love we, that. We if, they didn't, if they didn't pay Congress, you know how fast this would be settled? A day. Maybe, oh, okay, the first week. All Nobody these, ever realized. I was on strike once uh, when I was a doorman for two weeks. Nobody realizes what you're asking for. The first week, not so big deal. Everybody goes on a binge weekend. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you go to Vegas, you drop, you know, banging a hood, doing some coke, you lose money gambling, you blew your whole pay. Everybody has one of those weekends. Every once in a while, you blow a whole week. Two weeks salary, though, that's when it messes your whole month up. And these I guys th- are past I, the I month I don't think now. most people could do without one paycheck because the people live paycheck to paycheck these days. Yeah. You know, and you count, you know, it's gone to the days where rent or mortgage is one paycheck. <laughs> right? It's it's either part of two paychecks or it's, 
you know, husband and wife or couple works and you, you both split the rent or mortgage, whatever I, it is. Yeah, I don't know. Listen, I, the way I live right now, I can't, I can't, I couldn't can't do miss a paycheck. I, I have three different things, sources of income that I have. You know what I'm saying? Just in case. Stand up, acting, and... Uh, and I got a building uh, job working. And in gone the are the days where you dance at Chippendales because you yeah, don't got the abs anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> I should have an old place like that. <laughs> an old. <laughs> yeah. Over, it's funny because the legs, the legs get, you turn 50, the legs get really skinny. All the muscles from your legs, your thighs, your hamstring, your glutes, it goes right into your stomach. I don't know how that happens. Your legs get really skinny and your stomach grows. Every guy gets the same well, body. Uh, on men, it's it's always the the gut. Yeah, the stomach the is hard as a rock, though. And on women, it's the legs and the butt, right? The legs and the butt. Yeah, that's where they get all their weight. Uh huh. I hope I don't get complaints. We had the ten now. year challenge. <laughs> we had the ten year challenge with the photos. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I don't. You know, Facebook goes from the ten year challenge to pouring the water over your head. Remember that one? I mean, it's like it's like a cult thing they do, right? Ah, it's little fun games. What are you gonna do? Uh-huh. It's better than all the other bullshit that you read on, on Facebook. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was watching that uh, the documentary on fire. It's about this uh, that, this guy that um, created that fest, the music festival. Well, he created a couple, of, uh, another, uh, first an app to get all these rich people together. It was a special credit card that he had. And then, um, then he went into uh, trying to get all these musical artists, comedians, uh, and be, finding a place, where you, an app where you could hire them if you'd like to. And then that turned into a music festival where he was taking money from Peter to pay to Paul, and the whole thing got screwed up. And, um, it, you know, it just goes to show you the way people, when they work and the money's not coming in. Like, when, if I can't see where the money's going, I start getting nervous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like to know exactly where the money's coming from, and I like to see where it's coming out on the other end. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know. It's just a lot of these young guys, they work these jobs and then they don't get paid for two or three weeks, or they're going to work for two to three weeks, still not getting paid, and then they get paid in a big check. Uh, I'm sorry, know, man. I don't, I don't get that first su- week, man. I'm done. Yeah, I don't know how they survive. Let me know man. when you get the money. Like It's also when you go to a comedy gig. You know, when you first start out, you might get jerked. You go to a place, uh, the guy tells you, uh, nobody ever did it to me because they knew I was a cop probably, and I'm, I'm, I'm a big dude anyway. But I heard stories where people go, uh, oh, listen, man, I don't got the money. You know what I'm saying? What'd you do with the money of all the people that came in and paid tonight? Yeah, with? Listen, What'd you do sometimes, with that? Sometimes these guys, they look you up and down. Yeah. You're doing a, an urban room. You know what I'm saying? They're testing. Yeah, and, right. and they're telling you, listen, I don't got the money. Right. Well, at that point right now, it's like, well, you're not going to have your face in a couple of seconds <laughs> either. You get my money, I'm going to hurt your bet. Yeah. Don't let this nice guy, this funny guy, fool you. Don't take I'll this. I'll rape you, motherfucker, don't, right here. Don't take it that I walk dogs in the day that I won't fuck you up. As soon as shit gets violent, guys, when guys start getting gay, you know, that's, whenever the guys like start, cutting, yo, I'll fuck you right in the ass right now, son. I swear to God, I'm gonna get my money. I was on, I was in the Anaheim Cross on the Rikers Island, right here. That's when you know, guy, yo, this guy's serious. I'm gonna go get his money. You'll be my Maytag. You start using like prison prison words. You'll be my Maytag. That for real. <laughs> <laughs> Better get my money, son. Yeah, I, I can't. Where the money's questionable, and that's why I don't know how these people are doing it. Uh, God bless them. I hope it. Uh, well, you know what it is? I, I, I well, now they're it. saying you're going to get the money. A lot of comics have Stockholm Syndrome. 
You know what that is, right? Yeah, what is it? That's when they identify with their captor. When a kidnap victim identifies with their oh, captor. Yeah, yeah, I know what that means. And comics have it. They identify with the owner and they want to blow the guy so they can get stage time. Well, so, I mean, there's a lot of fear. Like, if I'm going to start complaining about money, um, then I'm going to get cut off on stage time. And a lot of, listen, there's been a lot of comics who've come along the way. Lisa Lampanelli for one of them. I remember her saying, know your worth, you know? Right. Um, demand. But she quit comedy, didn't she? I don't know what she's doing, but I just remember her saying that, um, you know, know your worth and demand your money. You know, and that's that's. But you know, you don't start came, getting paid until you start demanding. Right, it. but you know, so we came from the police department uh-huh. where everything was: you want me to work, mm-hmm. pay me overtime, or I'm going home. Uh-huh. And that was that was the way we were because we know that the police department would screw us mm-hmm. and say, "Oh, you could stay around, you could, but I we can't pay you." And you'd be like, "Damn, I'm fucking going home." But comics, yeah. they're like they have Stockholm syndrome. Well, a lot they of, listen, identify a lot of with guys these, loved being cops. They loved everything of it, especially when you got them early on in their careers, and they would stay a half hour, 45 minutes. Oh, don't worry about it, Lou. I'll help them out. Right. And next thing you know, they're getting your paperwork for you because you came in with a late collar. Um, you know, different strokes for different folks. I wouldn't But that's, that's anti-union. No, yeah. I know. I know. But still, you, I mean, can't, you can't go stop anti-union these union because, and, you know, if you do it, they're going to expect everyone else to do it. But everybody, yeah, everybody does shows for free, and there's cops that are willing to do the job for free. Yep. You know, like I know where when I was in the squad, it basically didn't do it. Well, you started work when the boss came in, or when uh, when you were on overtime. All right, Sarge, we're going out. Like I, it's like you, your tour is done at four, three forty-five. All right, listen, we're gonna go look for this guy, Sarge. Well, you know, I was in the homicide squad, right? And I, my detectives were great, but they used to annoy the shit out of me because they didn't start seriously working until they were on overtime. Till it was five after four. And usually the first thing they did when they got out overtime, what was it? You tell me. Got to go get something to eat. That's exactly right. They went and got something to eat. I was like, you guys are unbelievable. Well, it's going to be a long night. You were here all day. You didn't eat all day. As soon as you hit overtime at 90 an hour, now you want to go to the diner for two hours, right? <laughs> it's going to be a long night. Because as they say, food right tastes now. much better at 90 an hour. yeah. yeah. <laughs> You ever get a free haircut making $69 an hour? <laughs> man, I miss that shit. <laughs> yeah, man. The only thing better than doing your personal business on job time is doing it on overtime. Man, I miss those days. Well, I used to I used to have this one boss that used to come in and like to delegate. He'd get the phone call. Somebody from the borough needed something run. And he used to come in and, uh, you know, everybody had these little, except for me because I was new to this place. Everybody had these little things they made out of folders. Manila folders, and it would say work in progress, and they put it on their desk. Because this lieutenant used to come out from the office, and he'd start looking around for somebody to run the shit that they asked him to do from the borough. Right, right. You know? So, hey, anybody, uh, and whoever's not, like, entrenched in work, like, buried in their paperwork when this guy comes out. So then he came up to me, and he had, hey, Mayo, do me a favor. Can you run this for me? Yeah, yeah, sure, no problem, Lou. I ran it. It took me about 15 minutes. I brought it back to him. Five minutes later, he comes back. Oh, listen, I forgot. I need these two guys run too. You all right with that? I said, Lou, listen to me. You're going to get eight hours a week out of me. All right, you could take two a day. You could take them all in one day. It's up to you. And he laughed. I didn't laugh, though. I, was just, I, I smiled. He was I looked serious. serious. Yeah, you're going to get eight hours a week out of me. You could take you could take four in one day. You could use them all up. I'm going to two in one, two hours a day, whatever you want. But that's what you're getting out of me. 
And that's like the the that's a civil servant mentality. Oh, I've ever absolutely, heard of one. man. Absolutely. We used to have this little girl lady. Uh, and she she was a PAA, and the first thing she used to do when she got to work, she used to show up every day fifteen twenty minutes late. She put her bag down. Hey, everybody. And look around. Everything okay? All right, I'm going to go to the store. Anybody want something from the store? <laughs> and she'd go out and get her breakfast. Right. And then she'd come back, and then she'd have her breakfast. And then I, there might have been a gym right after. A visit to the gym. And then the there was gym. a prayer session in the middle. All the ladies that used to get God. together from the building, and they used to kumbaya. They you used to hold hands in this office and do kumbaya gotta, for an hour. You got to love civil service, oh, man. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, I heard it's even worse. Like, I've talked to some NYPD guys that have worked with the feds. You know, the FBI. Uh They said the FBI out of eight hours maybe works an hour. Gym, you know, Uh pumping iron, lunch, figuring out how many meetings they have to go to. And it's, they said, you make one collar a year. There's a unit somewhere that every Super Bowl, they're getting geared up, this unit, this FBI unit. And every Super Bowl, they're going to show you who is taking bets. Look at the <laughs> look at this arrest we made. And they dragged these 95-year-old men out from basements all over Staten Island and Brooklyn and New Jersey, and they parade them in front of the camera. And that's their one collar a year. They've been uh, going they, – they track this money down. You can gamble but everywhere But if, if you go to the FBI office, they got a football pool box on the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like every yeah. office does in this Like gambling. Country. Like anybody cares about gambling right yeah. now or prostitution. Are you kidding me right now? Those crimes should be all taken away from the FBI. All those crimes. And they should focus on international, I mean, uh, domestic terrorism. That's That should be their only focus. That's it. Yep. I don't want to know about anything else. Forget about prostitutes. You want to get involved. You want to have a special unit for, um, you know, the child uh, the trafficking. Child trafficking. Yeah. Sexual trafficking. Yeah, then do that too. Knock yourself out. Yep. But this gambling shit and the regular uh, busting, because uh, that's the that's the guys too. What that they use and oh, we're looking for sex traffickers. Really, really. There's there's four prostitutes here. They're forty years old. Uh, uh, the youngest one is. You know that that stuff is real though. You know, a guy came into the college I used to teach at, and he was from Myrtle Beach. He was from the police department, Myrtle Beach. He says they have a huge problem down there mm-hmm. with human trafficking, and I was shocked. Myrtle Beach. Yeah. As a human trafficking problem. What's well, a vacation yeah. destination? I guess, so can you imagine bigger cities like, say, Miami and, you know, some of these tourist areas? They must have huge yeah, I guess problems you're right, with man. it. Maybe you know? I don't know what the hell I'm talking is about. That, is that modern-day slavery, human trafficking? I guess it is, right? You know what? And it's one of those things where probably, if you really think about it, it's been going on forever. Because if you've ever gone to a whorehouse, I've heard that people... <laughs> You know, it's all so you could go to the Asian ones, um, and those girls, they're not speaking much English. No. You know what I'm saying? The happy ending ple- uh, places, they're not speaking much English. So maybe they just, you know, they're coming here on the sneak tip and live in, um, you know, a, a bunch of people in they an live apartment. In, they live in Queens. What's or, that area of Queens they live? The Spanish ones. The 109, Jackson Spanish Heights. Spanish ones don't speak much English either. No. You know? Well, how about even these nail salons? They all come in one van, like 30 people. Mm-hmm. They come from somewhere in Queens and they come up to Westchester and they work in these nail salons. Is that not similar? I don't know about the nail, and the nail what salon. Are they, well, how much they're getting paid? That's what I want to know. Well, a lot of them want, you know, they want to do that. They want to get at least get here, get their foot in the door. And there used to be a program where you can get sponsored. 
I don't know if they have that. Was anymore. that Operation Happy Ending? <laughs> no, but you could work for a restaurant, and the restaurant yeah. owner would sponsor. Oh, they could sponsor you. Yeah, that's harder and harder to do these days. I think. Well, that should be another thing. That no should one's be getting added a green card. It. You should be able to sponsor people. I mean, you don't want to hold these people responsible if the person winds up being an idiot, but um, and committing crimes. But at least they know that there's somebody. You know, they have to listen to somebody, or they could be sent back. It's a different time we're living in right now. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I used to, you know, you go in the back of a restaurant and yell out, La Migra, La Migra. And, you know, you would actually scare the Mexicans. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or whoever's back there working because a lot of them were illegal. It was a, it was a known thing. And immigration was obviously around because, you know, that still scared them. And then, right, right. Fuck you, pendejo. Now, you know, they, were, they had like, <laughs> you know, 10, 15 years of... But, you know, some, someone told me now, you know how you could go to like one of those places... Where all the, the day laborers muster. Yeah. They told me now they get 200 a day. 200 a day. Oh, it yeah, used they, to be 100. Now it's 200 yeah, a well, day. Listen, they, a lot of these guys are skilled. Some of them, you know, the guys that build those walls. Trump was going to hire oh, yeah. some of them. <laughs> no, you ever see the guys who build those rock walls? That yeah. is a skill, man. My, fa- my ex father in law, he brought them out to his house in Greenport, Long Island. He had boulders there that he wanted to move. <laughs> And then he thought he was going to be able to feed him lobster. He's got like think about like they don't, want, they don't even want though it's lobster. lobster. You know, it's 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 he's got Culturally, traps. Culturally, that's not part of there. Well, bro. he's got traps out there. It's not like he's preparing lobster for you like the way you get in a restaurant. You know, there's there could be he's butter. Just, I, I don't know when they were butter there for you, but <laughs> you know, he's giving you lobster, and these people are like no, 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 no. They didn't want lobster like the second, the third day. No more lobster. No more lobster. <laughs> it was like from Napoleon Dynamite when he you we know, were racing beans. You could have hard boiled eggs. Remember they they're doing the chick- thing with the chickens. You could have hard boiled eggs, or you could have the the egg <laughs> the egg drink. Remember that egg drink. <laughs> 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 that egg drink that they were drinking. You know, I, I would imagine the egg sandwich. Well, just, so I would egg imagine sandwich. if he eat anything every day, you'd, you'd get sick. But you know, he was pe- lobster, right? Back then, I think they wanted uh, at least 150 a day. Now they're getting two, I heard. 200 a day. Yeah, well, think about okay, if you're going to hire uh, a laborer, a regular laborer, you're probably going to pay him, if he's got any skill with uh, whatever, maybe 150 to $200 a day anyway. They're going to have to have health insurance. They're going to get two weeks vacation. Right, no. You know, if they get sick, you're going to have to pay for their sick for 10 days. <laughs> Workman's comp. But 200 a day is a lot Insuring of this guy. Yeah. By giving the $15 an hour, you're basically telling them, uh, we're going to have, we want illegals here. Because those are the only people that are going to work. Yeah, I think you And in right. the end, nobody's going to need anybody anymore because we're all going to AI anyway. 40% <laughs> of the true. job... Jobs are going to be done. Going to be gone. No more driving a truck, cab. It's all going to be self-driven vehicles. I remember I used to laugh when I used to go through uh, over the Triborough Bridge or the Whitestone Bridge, and they'd be handing me these papers about how from now on you don't have to get over, uh, you know, there's not going to be any more cash. It's or going to tokens. Be easy remember pass. those tokens you used to throw in there? Yeah, but they were so happy to give me these papers. So like, yeah. look, I'm not, I don't have to. <coughs> I don't have to. <coughs> I don't have to sit here anymore. <laughs> you know, but what are they going to do with you? Right, right. They're not hiring you no more. You might. You're lucky. You're going to you get out. They'll your, stick you in a corner right. somewhere. But this job is obsolete right Mr. now. Mr. Tollbooth Collector, is, you just lost your job. The, the person. Uh, uh, same thing with the subways. Yeah. There's, there's no well, no one pays coming. for the subway anyway. They just jump the turnstile these days. So My, you know what? Make it free anyway. Who gives a shit? <laughs> More taxes. 
But the only thing is, is, somehow the MTA always comes up short. I don't understand what the fuck they do with the money. You have half the work staff now, okay? Right. Half the work staff. You got rid of all those people. Where is this money going? Millions and millions of dollars coming in every single week. You know, it's just like healthcare. You know, I have they a, steal it. I have a bad hip. I get a I get a shot to my hip. Forty one hundred bucks cortisone shot to my hip. They called it surgery. A shot in my hip was surgery. What's the matter with your hip? I have arthritis in my hip. I'll probably, I'm probably going to need a new hip one of these days. How do you, oh, shit. I don't want the hips to go. My knees are bad. It wears out, want, you know? You yeah, need new parts. You need new parts, just like a robot, right? I remember <laughs> doing those, uh, those freaking sidekicks, too, man, when I was into martial arts. And you think back that and squatting. Ugh. Four plates on my back, five plates. For what? I know. For what? I look at these big guys now. You know, these guys walking around and they're training, they're pumping, they're huge, 30 pounds overweight, all muscle. They're going to be I'm crippled like when they're like 50. <laughs> you're so stupid. You don't even know what you're doing right now. Lose that weight. Get as thin as possible. The only thing that should be big on your body is your head because it's holding your brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We're going to look actually, like aliens. You know, it is, That's the ideal body. It is much healthier to be skinny than... Actually your body works thing. best. The yeah. closest you are to starvation, that's the best your body works. <laughs> I'm serious. There are people that live on what's called starvation diets. They, you could say, I watch another documentary. I love documentaries. <laughs> These people walking, they go to a party, and there's somebody walking around with a nut and a bean on a little piece of paper. That's what they're eating, one nut, one bean. But the thing is, when you're on, on such a low-calorie diet, everything in your body is working at the best it could possibly they're firing off on all cylinders. That's yeah. what it's supposed to be. Do why? Because it's protecting itself. It's protecting itself from flus, from allergies, from any type of germs. That's what is the big fat sloth. That is the poorest health that you can be but, in. But I think because Americans, you're fu- you're most Americans are 30, 40 pounds overweight. Almost everybody. Well, that's the healthcare. Right? That's where all the money goes towards healthcare. It's a vicious, vicious circle. So a diet too. We have a very oh, fat yeah. diet. You know. Yeah. Well. Look at what happens if, God forbid, you're poor. Do they send you vegetables and groceries? No, they send you bullshit. Mickey D's. You can't tell me vegetables cost that much more money than a, a bullshit burger. Yeah. It's a vet. You know, you could buy it in the grocery store. Send somebody a... It's way more expensive to eat healthy than it is to eat, you know, eat uh, food high in fat. Which... You know which meals aren't bad is that uh, Meals on Wheels. Uh, I had I knew somebody that used to get it delivered because, they were you know, they were old and... They were part of the program, but they didn't eat it. So right. they always used to give it to me. <laughs> I loved it, man. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. It's it's Cause, clean. Because it was OTA, clean I food. think. Clean food. There's no sugar in there, no no added salts, no preservatives. It's great. They kicked the bucket now, so I miss them, but I miss those meals. So I had a fun time with you, uh, Bill. We covered a lot of stuff. We, we were all over of, the place, oh but we covered God. a lot of stuff. We covered a lot of non-law enforcement stuff, you know? I don't know. We we got opinions on everything, I guess, right? I think we basically know who we are right now. <laughs> You're the good cop. <laughs> I'm the bad cop. It's the tale of two different... What is the tale of... Uh, what's that? Two cities. The, the tale, tale of, of two, two cities. It's <laughs> the tale of two cops. What was that from, the tale of two cities? Dickens, it was the good times. It was the best, good times, it was the worst of times. I forget, that was the first line of the, right? If we had a TV show, you'd be driving the car. <laughs> I'd be talking to my uh, my girl, 
or texting somebody in the pet, and they'd be like, "Look, there he goes," and then you jump out running. I'm like, "Where the fuck are you going?" I'm, like, <laughs> I'm finishing the text before I follow you. <laughs> relax, you gotta relax. <laughs> we used to have this poor guy, man, when I was in the task force, and he used to like to um, do police work. <laughs> and when you uh, have a chance to partner up, you usually par- partner up with somebody of your own ilk. You know, you guys are gonna work at your own pace. So whatever it was that we set up a checkpoint, we would write our summonses and. And then after we shut it down, we had this third wheel with us. He was a nice guy, don't get me wrong. Puerto Rican guy, real good cop, man. Great, great cop. And, you know, we used to pull over somewhere and either eat or uh, we had a routine where we had one hour left or hour and a half left, shutting it down. We did all the work for the night. We are going to watch. It was a, a whole uh, honeymooners, cheers, odd couple, taxi. You know, we used to watch those four shows, Channel 11. We had like, a, even back then, we had this little TV in the car. <laughs> and, uh, but we used to, he used to go, oh, could we sit over here? So we used to have to sit on this hill somewhere. He'd find a place and he'd watch the activity going on by the payphone. And uh, to see if he could see a hand-to-hand, you know, drug transaction. And he'd sit there between us with the binoculars. So we're in a van right now. We got the two bucket seats in the front. He's sitting on the bench seat in between us. And we love the guy. He's a great guy. But he's, he's there looking. We're watching Monday Night Football right now. And he's like, and then as soon as he's okay, 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 I see them. Are you sure? Yeah. Where? Okay. Like, where is he, man? We drive down the hill. Woo, 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 woo. Let him get out take care of business. All right. So Jack is still watching the game in the car. Who's winning? All right, good, good, good. Uh, you done? Come on, throw him in the van. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Just drop him off at the precinct so he can make a scholar. All right. Uh, I don't know whether we should just call it off the cuff or good cop, bad cop, but... Um, That's off the cuff. I guess this would be considered our... a good episode. I had a good time. Second episode, right? Absolutely. All right, Bill. Any closing arguments here? Uh, I just think that uh, things are changing. And... Uh, we're going to analyze how much it's changing and how it used to be as compared to how it is right now. Yeah, on a weekly basis, one hour every week. You're going to hear from the good cop, Bill Cannon, the bad cop, Mark DeMeo, tale of two cops, <laughs> here on Off the Cuff. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.